This is Democracy on the Move. Democracy on the Move is a podcast tribute to the people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. This episode is being released on Sunday, December 11, 2022. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. In today's short podcast, I'll talk about the deep state. What is it? Does it really exist? And what do some of our politicians really mean when they talk about the deep state? But first, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that money injects corruption into our government. As an example, the total cost of the 2022 state and federal midterm elections this year exceeded nearly $17 billion. This is according to OpenSecrets.org analysis. And hey, that money comes with strings attached, right? Well, if you're as concerned about it as I am, then check out Move to Amend. Move to Amend is an organization dedicated to passing a constitutional amendment to end corporate rule and the corrupting influence of big money in elections. To put it simply, the proposed amendment states that corporations are not people. In other words, money does not equal free speech. It's a bold concept that's designed to get the influence of money out of our elections. For more information, you can find Move to Amend online at movetoamend.org. I titled today's short podcast, The Deep State, because I feel this term is largely misunderstood and therefore misused. You see, I've noticed a problem that's become increasingly prominent on Twitter over these past few weeks. I don't know if it has anything to do with Elon Musk's takeover of the social media platform, but it just seems to be that there is a rising cacophony of right-wing nutjobs that scream about how Twitter threw the 2020 election by conforming to some deep state directive that effectively squelched free speech and threw the election to Biden. Well, at least they're no longer screaming about the mountain of illegal votes dumped into the counting machines and throwing the elections. Now all the rage is about how social media, and Twitter in particular, conspired in some sort of deep state operation to destroy candidates on the eve of the elections. So I had to step back and ask myself, what is this thing we call the deep state? What is this mysterious, sinister force that's controlling our country and, by extension, controlling our individual lives? Well, my first reaction is to just scoff at all of it. I mean, think about it. It makes it for a good movie, right? I mean, the ultimate good guy versus bad guy plot. Wesley Snipes could be the good guy, or maybe he could be the bad guy. He actually does a good job at both. But it doesn't matter. The plot unfolds in the opening scene as assassinations take place in broad daylight. Bullets flying from God knows where, finding their unsuspecting targets. And then the dark curtain of secrecy drops down over the whole scene as a dreadful music drones in the background. The deep state strikes again. Okay, I'm playing with my soundboard. Sorry about that. So as I let my mind wander into this fantastical daydream, I get this nagging feeling that maybe, just maybe, maybe, maybe there's some truth to this theory of the deep state. You know, the cabal of the rich, powerful people that pull the strings behind the scenes, making politicians dance like puppets as the people, largely unaware of what's happening and how they're being manipulated, protest out in the streets and scream about issues that they know little about. I mean, these issues are manufactured, of course, because the reality is that these manufactured issues are just a diversion, just a way of stealing people's attention. They get them to not notice how their wallets are being picked from behind. They don't notice how the economy crumbles around them as they scream about parents not having control over the curriculum being taught to their children in public school. Or maybe they scream about someone who kneels while the national anthem plays before a sporting event. Or maybe they gather in large vocal crowds, armed to the teeth with weapons of all sorts, screaming how the government is coming to take their guns. 
and all the while their land gets polluted by factory farms spewing animal waste into the groundwater, and they lose family farms to big ag businesses, and they watch helplessly as local medical clinics and hospitals close their doors. Okay, I'll stop now. I think you know where I'm heading. I'm heading into the direction of how our politicians ignore the people and do whatever their corporate masters demand. Well, honestly, I think there's a lot of truth to that scenario. And it might even look like a deep state operation, but no, it's not deep state. It's more like deep corruption, and it is a threat to our nation, but it's not deep state. But here's the thing. Some politicians are using the term deep state to do something that goes way beyond corruption. They're using the term deep state to set us up for a hostile takeover of our government. Now, I know that sounds profound, but hang in there for a moment and I'll explain myself. The term deep state really is rooted in reality. It was originally used in reference to a relationship that emerged in Turkey after its successful war for independence in the early 1920s. The relationship was a sort of a secret alliance between military officers and civilians whose purpose was to preserve a secular form of government in Turkey's early history. It described a sort of secret government within a government. Now, the use of the term deep state survived throughout the years, taking on different forms, but in all cases, it always referred to a secret government, you know, that government within a government whose purpose is to preserve some form of political idealism. The problem these days is that the term deep state is being used by some politicians here in the United States to refer to our institutions of government. This is a huge and treacherous development. The problem is that these institutions are the basis upon which our government continues to operate smoothly, even though we elect different presidential administrations. I'm talking about the numerous civil servants that work within our government. You know, this includes the Justice Department, the FBI, the IRS, and so on. Historically, the concept of building a strong team of civil servants emerged from the Pendleton Act of 1883. The idea was to prevent incoming administrations from firing all civil servants and then hiring all their buddies to fill in these critical positions within the government. And part of the motivation for the Pendleton Act was President Lincoln himself, who spent countless hours meeting with job seekers, using ads in Washington newspapers, and yes, selling jobs under a spoils system. Now you can imagine the danger in allowing any incoming president to dismiss the entire government and then fill the posts with people that have done him or her favors in the past. The Pendleton Act prevented this from happening and allowed our nation to build one of the strongest and most well-run governments in the world. It truly is our institutions that keep us strong and bind us together as a nation. So here's the danger that surfaces when you hear about politicians talking about the deep state. What you're actually trying to do is reverse the Pendleton Act and wipe out all government institutions only to establish their own institutions. All the knowledge and expertise built up from decades of experience will just be thrown out only to be replaced with appointees who know nothing about actually running an organization, rather only know how to act in a political way. So imagine, if you will, every FBI agent being a politician rather than a true investigator. Now, in reality, presidents do exercise some degree of control over our institutions by making political appointments rather than appointments based on competence. Do you remember the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina when George W. Bush said, Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. Well, that turned out to be a political disaster, didn't it? The problem is that the FEMA director, Michael Brown, was a political appointee, and he wasn't up to the task for running a disaster recovery operation. And the response to Katrina will live on in history as one of the most bungled disaster recovery operations ever. Anyways, back to the deep state. When politicians point to the deep state when referring to our institutions of democracy, what they're actually trying to do is clear the deck of any civil servants that would report on bad behavior within our government. Now, can you see the problem here? 
Some politicians want to eliminate these institutions so they can run their own operations that will ultimately work against we the people. Now, you hear a lot these days about the FBI investigating former President Trump for mishandling classified documents, and predictably, a number of politicians run to Trump's defense by trying to delegitimize the FBI itself. You also hear a lot about politicians that want to delegitimize the IRS, screaming about the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents over the next 10 years. Why do they do this? Well, I think it's obvious, isn't it? When you get rid of the cops, you're free to commit the crimes. In the words of Nancy Mikel Downey, the former director of the Foreign Service Institute, quote, to refer to our civil servants in the U.S. government as some sort of deep state is a clear attempt to delegitimize voices of disagreement. In my own words, it's an attempt to put the fox in charge of guarding the chickens. The bottom line is that those in power don't want you to know what they're doing. They don't want you to know how they're cheating on their taxes. They don't want you to know how they're breaking the law. So they refer to law enforcement as deep state in order to paint a Wesley Snipes movie in your mind and ultimately distract you from their true motive. And let me tell you, your safety and security is not part of that true motive. So my advice, don't fall for it. Well, that's it for this week. One final announcement. We here at Democracy on the Move are teaming up with other folks to build a live streaming radio station targeting a rural audience. We plan to highlight rural issues by telling the stories of hardworking folks in our heartland and other rural areas. We'll highlight music, culture, art, news, opinion, and lots and lots of good faith conversation. It's an exciting endeavor that grew out of a casual conversation that a number of folks had on social media. If you're interested in learning more or maybe even joining our efforts, please contact us at info at democracyonthemove.org. And next week, we'll talk with Brian Mistro, leader of an organization known as One Nation Movement. It's a conservative political organization that proposes interesting solutions to some of the most pressing issues of the day, including restoring of election confidence, environmental policy, and fiscal responsibility. It'll be an interesting conversation. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will keep you in touch with our march toward a more perfect union. If you have any questions or suggestions, or if you'd like to sponsor future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org or contact us on our webpage at democracyonthemove.org slash contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. Theme music, Murky Waters, performed by El Rey Music, used under license from Shutterstock. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead. We hope you tune in again next week. <laughs>